We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. All right, good morning. Good morning, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And we're back after Memorial Day uh, break there, you know, obviously last Monday, for those of you that are participating on Facebook Live, um, last Monday was a holiday, so I figured I'd just take the week off. <laughs> so we're back this Monday with my regular co-host, Eric Yoon of Standout Marketing. And today's topic is called No Capital Required. So I'm really excited about this topic. So Eric, welcome back. How you doing? Hey, Robert. Really good. Really good. Good. How's your weekend? About really good. Excited about my Warriors, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in San Jose, so I'm definitely a Warriors fan. I've seen a lot of the ups and downs, and uh, you know, we had some good teams over the past with uh, you know Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway and those guys when I was growing up, but just never able to yep. crack the nut. And then uh, now look, you know, three, well, four years straight in the finals, and hopefully this is going to be three out of four years uh, winning a championship. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll admit, like, though, this is my second team. My first team is always going to be the Lakers. But oh, man. I mean, right now, you need, you need a team. You need a team, like a backup team, because backup it's team. just just to, to keep it fun. <laughs> yeah. So I, Lightweight, I bandwagoned a little, but... Oh, man. All right. It's okay. <laughs> Still love them. So, hey, you ready, about, ready for this topic? Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Uh, certainly, as a consultant, I've, I've been consulting one-on-one or I've been teaching business classes or whatever, entrepreneurship classes. You know, this is a topic that comes up all the time. It's about getting mm-hmm. capital to start the business. Um, and even, quite frankly, even for businesses that are in existence, um, I hear a lot of this as well is that they need capital to grow the business. So um, really the the fact of the matter is, and you can guess by the title is that no capital is required. Um, mm-hmm. the, the vast majority of the time, I'd say 90, 95% of the time, whether in startup phase or in uh, growth phase, you don't really need outside capital to start or grow the business. Um, you just have to be a little bit more creative about it. And so mm-hmm. this week we're focused on the startup, uh, startup companies or startup businesses and talking about the different ways to really bootstrap the business and just start with what you have. In fact, um, really the largest corporations, and I think the, the really, I think that's the best way to start a business is to bootstrap it, mm-hmm. to take your own income, your own savings, uh, your own yeah. expertise, your own knowledge, and just go do it and get creative with starting. Totally. Because the more creative you can get in starting a business w- will really benefit you long-term. Because then you're not always in this phase of trying to get more outside capital, get a loan or get investors to, to grow the business. But you start with a way to be creative. Start it. Excuse me, man. It's Monday morning. <laughs> that, 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 that's what happens when you take a week break from this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but when you, when you know how to be creative in the beginning, you'll know how to be creative later on. Because as business, yeah. there's ups and downs all the time. And so you got to be creative. You can't always 
go to the bank and, and go get investor money um, to, to grow the business because then mm-hmm. you just get more and more in debt and whether it's to the bank or whether it's through investors. Yeah. And so it's my, my theory is that uh, it's better to, to learn how to bootstrap it and be profitable now as opposed to having the luxury. And sometimes it becomes a, a crutch to have yeah. outside capital, right? Totally. Yeah. And on the creativity thing, like even for me, creativity <clears throat> flows, like it really flows best when you, when you absolutely need it, you know? Uh, when you run into a wall and you're like, dang, I don't know how I can get to the next place. It forces mm-hmm. you to get creative. And right. sometimes when you're forced to be creative, you, your best stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look in your own arsenal and say, okay, this is what I've got. What can I do with it? You kind of have to MacGyver the situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, that, that, like, yeah, I totally agree. Um, when you have too much stuff, it doesn't challenge you. It, there's not that, there's not that drive sometimes, you know, it's yeah. just, you just get really comfortable. So, yeah, yeah, creativity is really like when you're just pushed and when you're pressed, it really just just um, just shines and mm-hmm. starts flowing out of you. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> and I use this example a lot because it's uh, so high profile. But Tesla is a great example of um, a big company who mm-hmm. is really that their crutch is investors because the only reason why they're staying afloat is because of investors. They have yet to make mm-hmm. a profit. And so, and so they keep talking about, you know, making a profit in 2020. 20, oh yeah. Wow. Look at, look at what they've yet to make a profit. <laughs> they lost a billion dollars last year. Um, wow. And so, you know, they're talking about, they're just continuing investing in infrastructure to, to build and all that. But that's the end of the day. Um, you got, you got to at some point make a profit and because otherwise investors are going to get tired at a certain point. Right. And so mm-hmm. the great example of what not to do. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is look at them. I mean, they have this big plan up in the you know Bay Area and all that, and they haven't mm-hmm. turned a profit yet. Wow! And so you think of as an investor, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be getting I'd be getting tired too. <laughs> you know, how right. many years <laughs> are you investing on the potential? Right. So hey, show me the money. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there are just some great companies like Apple, Mattel, Spanx, for you women out there, GoPro, HP, Microsoft. Um, these are just a few uh, great examples of large companies that bootstrap their way to start. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, a lot of these companies went public and then obviously are, do get investor money, but it's because they're profitable and they're providing a return. Right. Mm-hmm. So at some point you've got to um, prove your concept, prove a principle that you can make a profit. This is something that is a business and you can make a profit and then investors get excited to come in and then you give them a return, which, you know, increases the value of your company as well. So anyways, just, I just do those names out there um, for people to just look up, do some research about some of these great companies that just bootstrap and find out how they did it. Right. Um, it's just very, some, some of these things are just very, very simple. Mm-hmm. So learn how to make money with what you have. Otherwise you may not ever learn if you mm-hmm. have a loan or invested money. So, you know, so we want to talk a little bit about some tips of, of how to start your business, right? Mm-hmm. So service, there's a difference between a service-based and a product-based business. Um, certainly mm-hmm. service-based business, like what we, you and I have are a lot easier to start. I mean, really mm-hmm. all you need is a, a laptop and Wi-Fi, and you know, you're pretty Literally. much off and running, right? Yep. <laughs> a space to a space to work from uh, product yeah. based, depending if it's food based or you've got a hard, hard, hard product, a tech product or something that needs uh, manufacturing um, that becomes a little bit trickier, but certainly mm-hmm. there's still possibilities. So let's mm-hmm. start with a service based business. And 
you know, like I said, as a, you know, you, you can be a great example, Eric, as a, as a marketing mm-hmm. and branding, um, a branding specialist, uh, doing web design and graphic design. Um, really, it's really just your own. I mean, besides the software and a computer and, and some Wi-Fi, um, yeah. you know, the experience is what really, what really uh, is, is your best value, best asset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you yeah. start? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> actually, when I started the business, there was no, I didn't put any money into ads or um, doing what I do for my clients, which is, you know, social media marketing website and all that stuff. I, I didn't put any money into any of that. Um, I just made a couple phone calls and it's funny. Like one of my first big clients was all I did was on LinkedIn. I just switched my uh, occupation to, you know, left old job and then started standout marketing. And the day after that, this, um, you know, just business guy in town, investor in town, he calls me and says, Hey, I have like, I have some jobs for you. I just saw your LinkedIn, you know, thing. And so it's like little things like that. And that's just from an existing, you know, relationship, but you know, things like that. But, um, even with him and right now, you know, even what, like who my current biggest client is the thing that I, I do for the, the, both of them was that I, um, I did free work. Like when I was just like, uh, you know, a while ago, you know, one of them needed, had an event and I just offered to do photography for free. And I showed it to him and he said, these are the best uh, photos that I've ever gotten. And so, you know, I already had, um, I was already on his good side at that point. And then the other one, you know, I did some free graphic work for him and then they end up being the biggest clients. And so, um, it's more for me, I built it more relationally based on just a couple people. And then, um, and then from there, it's just a word of mouth. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, certainly in the service-based business consulting and, and web design and stuff, it's really about trading time, expertise, and knowledge for a fee. And so you can be, you can set up shop anywhere, right? I know I see a lot of people just in Starbucks or coffee shops. That's where they do their work yeah. <laughs> and all that. And maybe get a, a mailbox for, you know, different address, but, uh, you know, just follow your DBA and business license and then you're off and running, get a bank account and you're off mm-hmm. and running for the most part. Um, scaling becomes another issue, right? So if you're, it's a one person shop, like what you and I have right now, one thing, but then getting employees and, and all that, and we're actually growing it into a business, um, mm-hmm. that produces income even while you're not around or even while you're on vacation. That's a whole nother thing. Um, yeah. certainly we can talk about that maybe in another, another episode, but, right. um, so certainly getting up and running is, is, is pretty easy for a service-based business. Um, mm-hmm. for a product-based business, it takes, definitely takes a little bit more creativity. So, right. um, let's talk about like a food-based business, someone that, um, has a, um, in fact, I just got an email the other day about somebody has a, his wife, uh, makes some kind of health product, mm-hmm. a health food product. And so how do you, how do you get started with something like that? Right. So, you know, first, first I'll just, um, if you don't have the capital to go, um, get a whole, do a whole commercial production, um, have, um, all the professional, um, packaging and labeling and all that stuff and having access to, uh, to selling into whole foods or Trader Joe's or whatever, whatever. Um, just got to start with what you have. And right. sometimes you start in your own kitchen and <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that, but, totally, yeah. but certainly you probably want to just to keep things in the up and up, probably lease commercial kitchen space. They'll just, they'll just, you can lease that just for by the time that you need it. 
right? Mm-hmm. So then that means all the uh, food requirements that uh, a lot of um, the, the FDA or USDA is going to have when you're selling something commercially. That's but, And that's certainly easy too. You can just look it up, look on Google and say, where's the closest commercial kitchen where I can make my batch of food? Um, and then just go, there's plenty of places where you can buy, you know, empty packaging, whether it's mason jars or some plastic packaging, whatever fits your kind of product. And then just go buy some labels that even as simple as either Kinko's, but maybe go to maybe a a graphic art shop or whatever. um, And then just print up some labels, even if they can't hire someone as professional as you, Eric, to do a lot of the graphic design stuff. I mean, there's so many um, resources out there online for people to create Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean literally like if you bake all you need is just two hero one or two you know hero dishes right like dessert mm-hmm. dishes mm-hmm. just instagram and you know just go crazy on instagram right on these two things and and just start uh, just inviting your people to like it you know start liking other people's pages and do the whole instagram thing and mm-hmm. you, know, you could get a couple clients like that but yeah. it's all for free <laughs> yeah pay off your uh Right off your phone bill too. Yeah, and if you know, if you, it's hard as a startup um, product business to get into a major retailer. Um, usually, they want proof of concept and the fact that you already have an audience, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they're not they're not going to do the marketing for you. Um, right, they right. want a product that's going to come that already has has a market, already has a target audience that that already has people purchasing from them. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to prove that you you have something that people are willing to buy. And so, yeah, like Instagram, one way to advertise uh, market and also just go into your local farmer's markets, right. um, even depending on the kind of food, like if you have baked goods, um, plenty of coffee shops, they don't make their own stuff. Usually they're mm-hmm. buying it from another source, even like Starbucks, they use local bakers um, to provide the baked goods in their, mm-hmm. in their, you know, their case. And so things like that, even if you, even in some restaurants, um, like say a, one of those um, kind of counter deli places, they don't, um, not counter deli places, but those uh, local hamburger um, shops or counters, um, a lot of times they don't produce all their own baked goods or dessert stuff, right. but you can sell to them. Cool. So there's a lot of different ways to get distribution um, in lieu of a major retailer. And then mm-hmm. once you've got some good local audience, a good local following, then you can pitch a Trader Joe's, a Whole Foods. Whole Foods will do a lot of regional testing for local products. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to just to get started and to get income um, right away you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know if you have any th- thoughts or you've seen other other people do certain similar things or any Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as far as products, I mean, um, well, my wife just started a flower business this past oh, yeah. year yeah. and um, <clears throat> we have a website. Uh, we have a Facebook and we have an Instagram and that's mainly our online presence that we started with. So for her, it was a logo, business cards, Instagram, Facebook, and website. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did to start. People use a website um, not to check her out, but actually just to, just to send her an order. Um, that's really what they use a the website for. Um, and then really her, her engagement has just been Instagram. That's where, where everything's been happening. That's where people are meeting each other and they're seeing each other in the comment section and they're like, Oh, I like this, you know, too, or whatever it is. She's been using Instagram for, you know, just like giveaways. And, <clears throat> and instead of, um, I think I said this in an earlier podcast, but she, instead of doing the whole, like my page and you can enter to win the whole brand of love. Well is loving people. Well, 
right? How do you love people deeply, right? And not just on a superficial a surface level. And so she said, um, you know, tag a friend and then one adjective that describes them or something like that. And then if you win, then your friend gets the flowers, sure. right? And then so um, just things like that. And then so we've been just kind of taking that route and just through Instagram and um, doing giveaways and stuff, people have reached out for it. Now we did, now she did like a college graduation, um, uh, event and she did flowers for that. She does a couple weddings and it's only been like five months cool. and people that we don't know are reaching out, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, it's amazing if you just, but for her, I forced her to focus on the Instagram stuff. But I think really the main thing though is, um, just focus on your craft. Like, um, I don't know if this is kind of switching directions, but I think so many times people get so overwhelmed by this big thing they have to build and mm -hmm. they get so focused on the business aspect of their business but they lose, they lose sight of like the content and why their business exists in the mm -hmm. first place, especially, you know, today, like it's so important that, you know, um, you, that you focus on what your business is, is actually about and the why, because mm -hmm. people yep. can tell when you just start plugging it into a machine, right into a yeah. marketing machine and yeah. make it generic. No, that's, that I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the title of this podcast and Facebook live is purpose and profitability. So we right. do have to lead by purpose and really <laughs> understand what that is. Um, mm -hmm. And so many times people do want to start a business because they see the shiny object and they hear this is a great idea. It can make you a lot totally. of money. Um, I just got pitched something the other day. Um, you know, uh, I got, yeah, anyways, I got pitched something the other day. And so, um, you know, yeah, it sounds great. It can make a lot of money potentially. Um, but I said, it's not me though. I don't, it's not yeah. what I want to do. It doesn't fit who I am. Um, I didn't doubt that it can make a lot of money because I know what the kind of business that it is. I know people that have made money out of it, but I said, it doesn't work for me. You know, right. just, I'm not going to be passionate about it. If it's just going to be mm -hmm. just tr strictly driven by money, then that, that's going to, that's going to get old because, um, yeah. not that money's going to get old, but you probably won't be <laughs> successful at it because mm -hmm. all you're doing, all you're doing is trying to be motivated by money, but you're not really motivated by purpose and the why, which right. is really the passion that'll get you going forward and that mm -hmm. belief in what you're doing. Right. right? So absolutely, I think that people have to really focus on starting a business that is really is authentic to them. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times people, they, they discount their own, um, their own expertise, their own wisdom of what they do. So um, say, for example, there's, um, um, gosh, oh gosh, I'm blanking all of a sudden, but there's a, um, a friend of mine, um, he's got a business, he's got two business, oh shoot, we're going to have to come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great example, but it was something where the, um, it was, uh, um, there was, he had a great skill set in a certain type of business, but he was trying to get away from it mm -hmm. because there was something else that was, um, more kind of purpose led, more mission led in his mind. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is I said, I said, wait a second, your, your, your core business, the business that you're already doing is is very important to your your greater purpose that is that is a why it does it helps a lot of people mm -hmm. um and you're really good at it and so i said don't discount that so a lot of times people are even moving away some of the things that they're very gifted at because they mm -hmm. don't even think that that serves even a greater purpose but the mm -hmm. reality is everything does you just have to understand you have to look at it in a different lens sometimes um yeah so that that it'll it'll come back to me <laughs> sure. but but it just it just just happened i had just had a discussion with this guy last week but um
But anyways, yeah, the why is definitely, definitely important. And don't discount what you're already good at. Some people don't think that they can make money at something that they're just gifted in. Totally. Yeah, I was just thinking about that like last week, literally. But I was thinking about how many people um, pass by opportunities on their own strengths because they don't realize it's a strength that stands out. You know, um, a lot of times some things, some strengths come so naturally to us that we don't realize it makes mm-hmm. us special. Yeah. You know, and like, um, I know it's that about me too. Like people would give me a compliment of like, you know, Oh, you're so good at this. So good at this. And I just I almost get really familiar with it. Cause I'm just like, Oh yeah, but everyone is. But then I, you know, I just realized at one point I was like, no, actually not everyone is good at that. It comes naturally to me, but that's because, you know, that that's me. That's, uh, that's something unique about me. And, you know, it's kind of like, why am I trying to like build so many other things where I could really just kind of focus on that strength and build on that and really stand out, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's what, what we do sometimes when we're talking about discounting ourselves is we don't realize what, like the, the gold mine that we're sitting on because mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> it just comes so naturally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely can, can relate. Cause sometimes I, yeah. you know, when I'm consulting with the business and I, you know, come up with these ideas and strategies and they're like, Oh, this is great. And I'm thinking, really, you didn't think about this before. <laughs> it's just right, like, right, right. It just doesn't, it, you know, because I guess I just, I'm wired a little bit differently and I just see things mm-hmm. differently and yeah. take it for granted that, cause there's, I mean, sometimes I even kind of hold back sometimes a little bit of, of sharing what I see or some kind of strategy. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, they probably have done this or I'm sure they've seen this or whatever. Um, yeah. but it's still, I guess it still surprises me that, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, it just comes natural. And so you kind of take it for granted, you know, staying on the food topic too, as far as types of business, uh, for my earlier uh, example, you know, someone that wants to start a restaurant or even a coffee shop, you know, I'd say, yeah. Hey, start catering first. And, you know, mm-hmm. and also the farmer's market stuff again, or maybe yeah. even buying, you know, the reason truck. why food truck, yeah, there's exactly yeah. why, why food <laughs> yeah. trucks have been so popular is because it's oh, a lower, yeah. lower access, lo- a lower investment than right. starting up a whole, you know, national restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe even sell uh, or lease space in another business. So like, mm-hmm. say if you're, um, you want to start a coffee shop or even a little deli or something, why don't you shut up, set up shop in a, in a bookstore? Or, or some kind of another type, another type of business, mm-hmm. right? So they have even maybe you could even meet a, a retail location. You know, here we, you got Target have have uh, and even Vons and stuff. They have Starbucks in there as, mm-hmm. as well, right? So, right. so hey, you can you can set up shop almost anywhere. Just find a place, and the, and the benefit of setting up shop in an existing business is they already have foot traffic coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. perfect places like a bookstore and even a, a grocery store where, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of foot traffic coming in. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't they want to stop to grab a, you know, a coffee or even a bite to eat? Right. Right. So mm-hmm. kind of leverage those things instead of just trying to set up something just, you know, on your own. So yeah. a lot of times leveraging um, things like that, get really creative about how you start and where you start and, and where you mm-hmm. set up shop. Yeah. Even if you have like a tangible product, um, like say you're making um, computers, <laughs> to say mm-hmm. for example, um, you know, how, how do you st- start that? How do you get into a retailer? Well, you know, there's one company that just basically built a prototype and just bootstrapped the whole thing, just built a prototype right in their own garage mm-hmm. and then went to different couple of retailers or a few retailers and they were interested and they paid, made a purchase order or they mm-hmm. gave the, um, the business owner a purchase order took that purchase order and then you go to a suppliers and say, Hey, can you give us credit 
So we can get the supplies to fulfill these orders. And then once the orders are fulfilled, then you can pay back the suppliers. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the, you have what you need to go build that, that first run, that first order, and then you're mm-hmm. off and running. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that's what happened with Apple. That's how they started. Mm-hmm. And so basically they didn't have investors and you know, they just yeah. built a prototype. And from that prototype, they got agreements from stores because mm-hmm. uh, basically in the form of a purchase order. Yeah. And so this kind of stuff actually happens all the time. Actually, banks will lend you money based on purchase orders. They, they call mm-hmm. it um, factoring is what they call mm-hmm. it. Now they charge high interest, but mm-hmm. they give loans on that. Mm-hmm. So this kind of stuff, you know, you give this kind of example and people say, oh, well, that's back in the 70s or whatever. It's like, no, this kind of stuff happens right now. You just don't see it. So it yeah. goes back being creative and, and it's really about putting on your sales hat and saying, hi, mm-hmm. how do you negotiate this kind of deal? Even when you have nothing, but you did have an, you do have an idea. You do show an yeah. example, a prototype, and people are willing to buy off of it. Say, okay, here, we'll, t- we'll take 10 or 20 of those. Mm-hmm. So, but instead of having to go to the bank and do the, and getting a factored loan, cut out the middleman, just do it yourself, negotiate the deal on your own. Mm-hmm. So that was an example of how people can get started without going get a loan. Yeah. It's also an example of how banks actually That's lend awesome. on that very idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But why go to the bank when you can just do it on yourself? Mm-hmm. And as a, as a large company that did it. And so, you know, that kind of stuff, bartering and stuff and trading, you know, those mm-hmm. types of things happen all the time. We just don't see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so really encourage everyone to just get creative about the way they start and even the way they scale, scale their business. Yeah. So any, any other thoughts about that, Eric? Yeah, I would say, um, <clears throat> yeah, two main things. If, if anyone's trying to start a business, I would say, um, I call it a learning fee, but come up with a learning fee. And I usually, I mean, if you have like one or $2,000, you can come up with and say, okay, this is my learning fee for the business. And what a learning fee is, is not investing in books and stuff like that. I might be a little portion of it, but I say just find that number, whether it's one or $2,000 I'm going to get to do just this small phase one. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that money, you have to be okay with never seeing that again. Right. <laughs> it's like, have fun with it pretty much. That's what, that's what the purpose of it is. You know, use it to, you know, make a bunch of burgers and then just give them away and, and get, mm-hmm. get reviews from people. You know what I mean? Like stop trying, like don't try to make money off of it. Use it to learn what your business is, what your potential is and to invest in your learning and um, experimenting with your business and that makes it really fun and also that's a that's a good way to get people involved because they can yeah. feel that you're having fun with it and not that right. you're just trying to make money right. you know and like if zoe my daughter at some point was interested in business when she's graduating high school i would instead of sending like 60 grand on on a on a um, education i might just like say okay here's you know two thousand dollars at a time start like 10 businesses at a time. If that one fails, let's do the next one. You know, like, I think that's what I would do just so she gets some experimenting and experience in that. But that's what I would say. One is come up with a learning fee. And then the second thing, just do it, you know, less thinking and do right. Um, mm-hmm. People make fun of me all the time because when I drive a lot of times and I don't know where I'm going, but I just go, <laughs> you know, um, my wife is like, do you know where we're going? I'm like, no. I was like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going and eventually we'll get somewhere. <laughs> But that's a funny, weird thing about my personality, but it also works for me because I never, I never put a red light on myself because I don't know what's coming up. 
you know, for me, it's like, go, just, just go and try it, you know, mm-hmm. just do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think less and the thinking comes as I go and I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe we can go this way and that way. And then eventually, um, <laughs> usually maybe not usually, but you know, I get somewhere, you know, and <laughs> if you don't go, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just, just so do you start off it. by just driving randomly? Like, so you just walk out of the house and say, we're just going to drive. Yeah, so like, let's say I'm leaving the home and we're trying to figure out where to eat, right? Uh-huh. Like, I'll just start driving around oh, until okay. we find a place. Or like, <laughs> um, I don't know, like even when we're trying to get somewhere and like, I just start driving and I'm like, oh, eventually we'll, you know, we'll figure out where it is. It's, I don't know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, to your in point. The driving, in the driving context, it's not super smart. But the whole no, point of especially it when is, you have to, especially when you have to make an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> but sure my, my, my philosophy is like when you're moving, you're getting something done. I know people are yeah. like all motion is not good motion, yeah. which yeah. I get at the same time. Like when you're moving, you learn something. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think to your point is that I think many people, and I was, I was on this panel uh, the other week um, with some potential startups. And I said, like a lot of people, We'll wait till things are just perfect. Everything's in order. Like right. if someone like me, I'm kind of opposite of you, Eric. I'm more of the planner. Yeah, yeah. The same. And so one of the things I do have to fight is waiting for things to be perfect to move forward. Mm-hmm. Because right. if you do that, you never move, right? Because mm-hmm. because the reality is, especially in business, and never nothing's ever going to be perfect. Never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're always in a constant move of improving, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Right. right, and every business has to be in a mode of always reinvesting into itself and improving upon itself. Um, mm-hmm. That's how you become better and better and better. Um, yeah. But if you wait till things are perfect before you start, then you may never start, and that's what really holds people back. And a lot of times, they use that excuse of lack of capital as mm-hmm. an excuse of getting forward because they probably have some kind of fear that things aren't perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that money would be that kind of um, it, it kind of uh, helps them and it makes them feel a little bit more secure when there's a loan or bank loan or there's investors involved, right? So, mm-hmm. but the reality is, like to your point about just getting in and start driving, is you know, yeah, at some point, yeah, you have to know what you're doing, you have to know your why, you right. have to have a good totally. product and service and all that. But at the end of the day, you just, sometimes you just have to start moving. And so I'm even right now yeah. I'm, I'm consulting with an organization and they're we're changing their business model. Right. And right now we're doing a soft launch. Things aren't totally perfect laid out yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to encourage them. I said, let's start, let's do a soft launch with a group of people. Yeah. There's exi- you already have existing customers. Let's test out the new model with some existing right. customers. Mm-hmm. And so with the context that they know that the things are still in the works. Yeah. Right. And, and the why develops as you go, yeah. right? The vision can develop and you can rebrand the vision, refocus as you go. And we know mm-hmm. what to improve upon. Right, because too many mm-hmm. times you put a product and service out there without testing it out, and then mm-hmm. you don't know what needs to be fixed. So in this case, with my client, we're just we get to test things out a little bit, um, but we're also rolling it out at the same time, which means we're getting income from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company's getting income from it, but also we get to hear from the customer's point of view what are some things that we need to consider to continue the development of this new model. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I that's what I always tell people is like just. Do a test market. Do test test out. Get it out there. Let's see what can happen. Yeah. You might be able to make money just even in test phase. Totally. <laughs> so so right. don't don't hold back. Just go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So cool. Well, any last uh, parting thoughts? This is a good I topic. Think, Time went by yeah, pretty think, quick here. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Like, be smart about it, but make sure you're doing something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this is a fun topic. We might have to kind of. Um, well, I, I think maybe next week when we'll talk about for existing businesses, what are some growth strategies by just with what you have, right? Instead of having to wait for capital to improve mm-hmm. and grow your business, let's, let's go with what you got. Um, yes. But anyways, thanks everyone again for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics you'd like to hear more about, you can email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61 businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page if you're not already on it, Purpose and Profitability and you can hear us live every Monday morning at 8.30 Pacific. So tune in again next week as we go live and thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fukui and remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.